and welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful playing the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. On today's episode, Real Bride Leanne Summers will share with us her journeys down the aisle and why it's so important to remain authentic when planning your big day. Leanne, I am so happy to have you on Weddings Unveiled today and to talk about your wedding journey. I'm excited to be here. Well, I love to start by talking about the proposal. How did your husband, Bob, propose to you? So church played a really big, church was almost like another character in our relationship. We, when we started dating, he was very committed to church and he made it very clear that unless I was also going to be willing to attend church with him that, you know, this wasn't going to go very far. So early in our dating, we were like church shopping, for lack of a better way, trying to find the right church that fit us. And we ended up finding a church that just really fit our fit our needs, fit our family. It was Cuyahoga Valley Church in Broadview Heights. So that church played a big part in the early part of our story. So he proposed there. <laughs> at Aww. church, which was sweet. And then we got married in that church. And so that particular place has a, like I said, it's like a third, it's like a third person in our relationship. Were you expecting the proposal to happen? Sort of. I mean, um, you know, I think when you get married and, you know, you're in your mid to upper thirties, you, it, you talk about it. You talk about, we talked about, the kind of ring I liked. We talk about how much money we'd be willing to spend on everything because, you know, it, it's a it's a couple decision at that point, right? Versus a man trying to do it two separate homes, two separate this, two separate everything was together. So I didn't know when it was coming, but we had discussed we discussed getting married, and I knew that I knew that he had, I had an inkling he was probably ring shopping. <laughs> so how long between when he proposed to you and you actually got hitched? Like, what was your planning time span? Yeah, so he proposed in, we got married in October of 14, and he proposed in July or August of 13. I'm sorry, I don't have the date memorized. So it was like a year, somewhere between a year and a year and a half of planning time. That's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty average. Yeah, Oh, yeah. And you kept a smaller wedding, correct? Yeah. And I always feel like we, we didn't even need that year, a year and a half. It was just the way our lives unfolded. It wasn't about, oh, well, we need time to pick a venue and a dress and all that. And this was my second marriage. So we should probably talk about that. First for Bob, second for me. And the my first marriage was the more traditional dog and pony show, big bridal party, big um, reception with, you know, the cutting of the cake and the different dances and all that stuff. All the traditional. All, it was very traditional, throwing the garter and all that stuff. You know, when I look back now, I, was, I wasn't even being authentic. That, that's not who I am. I, I, I probably couldn't be 
I can be any further from a traditional bride if I wanted to be. I think I was just doing it because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. I thought these are the things that you have to do in order to check that box of it being a legit wedding. Did you feel any pressure from family to to go that route? Maybe a little, maybe a little, maybe meeting people's expectations was part of it as well. But if I would have been true to myself the first time around, it wouldn't have, I would have never, ever done and I don't mean it like to impugn anyone who wants that. I don't mean it right. at all. Right, it's just it's not just, your personal style. No. So when I say dog and pony show, I, I literally meant like I felt like we were putting on a show versus truly, truly having a celebration of two people who have made a decision to to walk this out together and to build this family together. So, you know, second time I did it, older, wiser, right man, um, <laughs> a bunch of stuff like that. So with um, this wedding... We even considered, uh, we considered eloping. We considered, um, uh, we both love to travel. We both have a love for, for big city life. And we actually considered having um, our nuptials in New York City and then having like a, just a little like after party, like in a penthouse in and in a hotel. And we knew that that would drastically change how many people would show up, how many people would want to make that commitment, but would be comfortable and that kind of like we, whatever, because our engagement photos were taken in Central Park. Right. They're beautiful. So, uh, thank you. So we thought about that. And um, and then um, uh, my husband's mother was very sick at the time and she actually passed away from brain cancer. So oh, I'm sorry. Um, we couldn't. Yeah, it was it was a hard time for him. I think probably by her request and trying to be sensitive towards her, we decided to keep it local, but we still kept it really small. So we got married at our church and then didn't have a, like a reception. We did have, we rented out a restaurant, a Glen Willow in Solon, and we rented out that restaurant for a night and then just had like a dinner at this restaurant with our family and friends. So there was no limo bus. There was no, I mean, like after the church, after the ceremony, we did leave and, and take photos, but it was really cold that day. It was October <laughs> 4th. It was so cold that day. So um, we didn't do it as many as we would have had the weather cooperated, but we took a few photos and then we went to dinner and folks, that was it. <laughs> How many that people were in attendance? Like 50, not even? Uh, no, I think I think at the church we had, I want to say 100. Oh, okay. I think it was like 100. And then probably at the restaurant, I think we had 75. But that's intimate still enough that you could talk to everybody throughout the day and night. Like you, it's not like you were not seeing somebody, like were they even at my wedding? You had time to actually engage with them. That really was nice. And what I also loved is with this particular restaurant, the way that it was laid out, we had, there was, my one of my best friends was there. And, and instead of bringing her significant other, she brought one of her best friends who I'd known through her. So they were like each other's date. It's fine, I love them both. But like they got to sit like at a booth like they were, it's like, it was almost turned into girls night for them. <laughs> right. So there, and I loved seeing that. I loved seeing that she was enjoying her time with her friend who I also adore. I'm making that sound very separate, but I loved that. I loved that people could pick a booth and go hang with whoever they came with. Or I, like some old radio buddies of mine, they all took like the biggest 
center table in the middle of the room and there was probably like 10 of them at one table and I thought that was cool. Oh, like a mini reunion. Yeah, so it was real interesting to see these different kind of threads pop out. Everyone there to support us, but it was um, so chill and so laid back. Some of Bob's buddies from college have, had come in from Arizona and South Carolina and they were all at the bar doing their thing. I mean, it was it was fun. It was a very small but fun thing. I love that. And it's very common now with COVID that people are doing more of what you did for your second wedding. People are now having to do, and and it's now a trend. It's now the way of weddings. Yeah, I uh, look at me. I was a trendsetter, and I didn't uh, even I know, know it's it. very Aries of you. Always, <laughs> always ahead of the curve, Leah. It's what I do, girl. I love it. <laughs> So that was, and I don't have any regrets. One of the things that when the night was over, we both looked at each other and were like, why don't people do weddings like this? Like, why do people, why are they still drawn to that big traditional, oh, it's, you think you have to do it this way in order for it to be, you know, qualified as, as a real wedding. And I don't know what that is, but we loved it. I guess it really is up to the individual what they find to be a real wedding. But, you know, you thought your first go around that was a real wedding. And then you come to find out once, I mean, you're getting to know yourself more as well as a person. You're like, you know what? That I really definitely isn't think that's me. part like, of I mean, it. It didn't really click at the time, but I mean, hindsight. And what's funny is uh, both of us kind of, both of us kind of drug our weird expectations and what we thought had to go into that, into that day. And I actually remember distinctly remembering what I was like, this is weird. Like this is supposed to be this beautiful, joyful day. And yet I feel like I'm just checking boxes. Okay, did that dance happen? Okay, did that moment happen? Okay, it was so far from who I really was that I remember being like, oh, that was at the end of the day, I was like, oh, that was nice. But I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, that was the greatest day of my life, which I think brides should feel. You should feel that way. Like this was really a special day. Absolutely. Oh, speaking of special, you have a beautiful son from your first marriage. Talk about him being incorporated with your second wedding. Bob and I, when we were making decisions about our wedding, and you know, obviously I I just let it all hang out with him. I'm like, look, this is what happened. He already knew what had happened, but I was like, I'm not going to feel that way again. So with our wedding, like I told you, we considered the eloping. We considered doing something small just for us in, in New York. And, and then at one point, I even said, like, I'm, I'm down for courthouse. Are you? And the only request Bob made, he said, you know what? I would do anything because it's really not about the wedding to me either. But I do have one request, and that is to see you come down the aisle in a white dress. I really would like that moment just for me, just for my memory, just for whatever. Because I was like, the, I was like, I, I can go to, you know, Nordstrom or Macy's and buy a white dress off the rack and we can call this a day. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, it's just kind of my one request to have that one memory for me for the rest of my life to have that's my moment. And I was like, okay, done. Like you get to have that because we're not really asking for other things. That's so or, sweet of him. Wanting other things, yeah. That is even why we said, okay, well, um, let's do it at our church. And there would be, if we're not gonna go away, the church is the only option because it has a, such a special place in our story. 
So then I was like, okay, so since we know we're not doing bridal party, how do we include Roman? How do we do it? And I was like, I don't want, like, I don't want to have Roman like walk with me down the aisle. I don't, he's my little boy at that. I mean, what is he like three or four at that time? I'm like, I don't want him walking me down the aisle. You know, if he was a teenager or like a young adult, it might've been kind of sweet, but I'm like, yeah, no. So how do we use him? So like game, almost game day decision about a week before the wedding, one of my best friends who is married to my cousin, her daughter and my son are almost the exact same age. And she was like, well, we could have Ruby, you know, Ruby and Roman just walk down right before you. She could throw petals or, and I was like, I would love to have her in it. I just don't want a bridal party. But we went back and forth. And in the end, Roman's like, I'm not walking alone. So yeah, Ruby's walking with me. (laughs) So the kids kind of made the decision that they would have their little, you know, that cute moment where whoever's tiny and pint size in your life gets that ooh-ah factor. That's what happened for the kids. But it was hilarious because even the video, like you see them walking down and Roman's like stone face. He's about to poop his pants, holding the ring. <laughs> or he, he doesn't even have the rings. He just has a, a pillow with like fake rings tied to it. And, <laughs> and Ruby's got her pedals and they literally walk down the aisle and then they sit down in the front row so fast. You would think that <laughs> it, it's just, it's adorable and hilarious all at the same time. Aww. But um, that's how he was used um, before the ceremony started. And then during the ceremony, how Roman, Bob said his vows to me. And then he brought Roman up and said vows to him. And I, I know you've seen some of those beautiful moments where the stepmom or the stepdad are making the promise to the child in the same way. And they're, oh my gosh, it is so emotional. I, oh, I cried yes. harder at that. Than, than probably anything, but they were so close. I mean, they were best friends. At the, by the time we got married, they were best friends. I'm, I was the third wheel at that point. <laughs> that was really a precious and, and special moment. And that's really all Roe was involved. He didn't do much else. Oh, but he just, did a lot. That's impactful. By the way, just so you know, before the wedding, he used to tell people, we are getting married. And he was talking about <laughs> the three of us. Like it was our wedding. It wasn't Bob and I, it was the three of us. It's our <laughs> wedding. And people are like, you know, Roman, what are you doing this way? Oh, we're getting married this weekend. <laughs> okay, Ro. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> so I cute, love right? <laughs> my name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. You talked about the white dress and how important it was for Bob. Um, But both of your experiences with each wedding, the dress was obviously different. Tell us about your experience with shopping for that dress. Because it's a big moment. The first time I got married, I I struggled. Again, more clues land. Like, do you just get it through your head, sister? 
But I really struggled with finding a dress and I went back and forth again, what I thought you were supposed to wear versus, or, you know, being a girl that's looked at bridal magazines forever. And I was more risky than the dress that I actually chose for the first wedding because that dress was so much more traditional and it was beautiful, but it was traditional. And I have a little more risk to me than that. (laughs) I think knowing what your dress looked like, I know you understand what I'm saying. Yes. (laughs) Like I I just had, it wasn't like I was looking for a dress that nobody had ever seen or nobody else ever wore. I just needed it to fit my personality. So I didn't do that with the first wedding. I bought a very conservative, very traditional, you probably saw this dress. Like the big poofy dress? No, I never did princess. Princess was not me, but it was definitely more it was more of that, you know, I'm not good with, we need a dress expert on here. But like a strapless, was it strapless? Was it fitted? It was strapless and it had the thing that goes over the shoulders, like the little shawl thing that goes over the shoulders and very minimal beading. But I had like, I believe I had like almost like a headpiece, almost like a almost like a tiara looking thing. Like, like, like if a tiara and a headband had a baby. Yeah. That thing, whatever that is. <laughs> I know you're talking about. I, I don't know what the actual term for it is, but Me I know either. what you're talking about. <laughs> right? I looked at it, I'm like, I never in my life wanted to be princessy on, uh, it's so far from who I am. But again, just stupid, stupid, stupid. Now, a beautiful story about that dress is that it was such a pretty dress and I had tucked it away for, what, 10 years? I think 10 years, 10 or 15 years had gone by. And a coworker of mine who was looking for a way to have a beautiful dress on a budget, she had made this known to me just in passing. And it turns out that I was like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if you'd be interested, but I have a dress that you could actually have. Like you could have it. And she was like, shut up. And I'm like, you can <laughs> totally have this dress. So she came over to my house and tried it on. It fit her like a glove. Like it was her dress. There's tears. There's, it's a whole scene. And she can't believe that she's getting the dress that she dreamt about for free. And so it was very serendipitous, like how it just came so full circle. And then she got her dream dress. I got to, you know, give that away. And, and yeah, it was great. I loved that. I had the good fortune of actually being at that wedding. I didn't realize it was your dress from your first wedding. I thought it was the one from with Bob. But it is a stunning dress, and she looked perfection in it. She and did look pretty. I thought it was one of the kindest, most generous things I've ever seen and heard someone do with you passing that off to her. And she has made it known that she plans on passing it down to someone else Aww. in need. As well. I So your kindness, you're, you're paying it forward. I know for a fact from this particular bride, she has plans on passing it forward herself. I love that. I love, love, love that. It was like a no-brainer. What was I ever going to do with that dress? I didn't feel like goodwill or whatever. I didn't feel like donating it was the right thing. I think I considered, I forgot the name of the organization that takes the prom dresses because I thought, man, some seamstress might be able to cut that sucker hem it up and make it a fly prom dress, you know, or something. It was an honor. It was my privilege to give it to her. To be honest with you, it was great. And that's something great to encourage fellow couples that if they don't want to hold on to the dress, 
they can always pay it forward that way too. Hopefully you'll influence others to maybe do that. And now I can tell you about my second dress, which was so much more me. I bought it at Brides by Demetrios at Legacy Village, which is no longer there. I met this amazing woman named Kim Ford who worked there at the time. And she was, she just, this woman got me. She was like, I think we should try this. And she pulled the dress out. And I was like, wow, that dress is special. I don't know what it is. It wasn't white. It was like champagne. I don't know why, but it did photograph really white, but it wasn't. It was like a a true champagne, which I loved for my skin tone. It had, like, it was more fitted. It was more fitted through my, my torso. And then it wasn't, it wasn't a mermaid. It wasn't that, but it was like, gosh, I don't know how to describe it, but it was not as princessy as that other one. Was it like an A-line or a trumpet? I think maybe A-line is the best way to describe it. I'm not hip on all this bride lingo. You're going to have to help me out. (laughs) It was, it was so special. On my decision day, I brought my girls with me. Everyone's like, you're not, not, you're not going to not get that dress. That is your dress. And you know, you know about your dress. When the bride finds that dress, it's not necessarily this, oh my gosh, I found it the moment you find it. But there does come a time somewhere in the process, maybe not at the very beginning when you first, first see it. Because that's another thing. I think I watched entirely too much Say Yes to the Dress. I feel ya. So you. So <laughs> you second guess yourself. Exactly. Like, you know you love it. You know it's probably your dress. But I still do that. I love my dress. It was my dress. But I still am like, I really could have done something different. I did do that. And I mean, I took probably three or four months to make my decision, but they needed like eight or nine months to get it ordered in and all that stuff. So, but I took my time making that decision. So we got what, engaged in July or August, whatever. Everybody said, you need nine months. So I think it was probably February or March that I actually pulled the trigger on it and it came in faster. But yeah, it was, I still look at it like, I can't imagine giving that dress to someone else. But what's funny about that is, as you know, I now have a daughter. I was just about to say, now you have your little girl. Now we have a daughter. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of glad I held on to it. Because even if she doesn't want to wear that dress, if she wanted to take pieces of it, like I wish, you know, I wish I would have had that from my mom. I didn't, but I would have done it. You know, I would have been traditional in that sense with using a piece of mom's dress or her dress. I could never give this dress away. I hope she uses it somehow. It's hers, is my point. It's it's her dress. She wants to, great. She doesn't, great. Whatever. <laughs> so what other advice do you have for couples planning their big day based off of your experiences? Hopefully, if I've made anything clear, it's this. Whatever you do, be true to yourself. And sometimes that can be hard. There are some loud voices out there, you know, the in-laws, maybe, you know, sisters, your mom, best friends, everybody's got an opinion. One of my best friends and I always joke, we're like, oh my gosh, weddings and babies, weddings and babies, they bring out the crazy in people. They bring out the crazy. I would say just really be authentically true to you. I mean, take it from me. Yes, of course, I married the wrong person the first time. But the truth was, 
I was making all of these decisions, trying to please everybody else but myself, you know, because I felt like what I really liked and what I was really drawn to, it wasn't brighty enough. I apparently didn't have enough of the, the feminine gene to make those decisions, to make myself look brighty or be girlier. And I'm, I resented that. I, I did, I resented. I'm like, I should not have listened. Even the people who threw my, um, I was living in Denver at the time, and these two girls threw my bachelorette party. And they were, it was coming from such a beautiful place of them wanting to celebrate me, but they picked Vegas. And I was like, I, I like Vegas. Like I like spas and pools and an occasional show in Vegas. I am not going to, I'm not going to lie, going to a Vegas nightclub and getting smashed and woohoo, like not my scene. And wearing the uh, male genital <laughs> necklaces and straws. Yeah, all, all that <laughs> stuff. I was like, oh. But again, I, I think they were so well-intentioned, but it was kind of what they wanted. And I was kind of like, okay, whatever. And I kind of went along with it. Now I would be like, no. I mean, <laughs> even, even this, um, with my second wedding, I made it kind of clear to my friends. I'm like, you know, I feel bad because I already had a bachelorette party. So I don't feel like I should do that again. They're like, no, we're doing it. I was like, okay, well, just so you know. I have rules. So if you want to throw it, you got to abide by my rules and my wishes. And they're like, absolutely. So we ended up having a spa weekend in Chicago. We went to Chicago and we rented this this three-bedroom hotel. And all of us smashed into this one room together. And we had a weekend of being at this spa and shopping and restaurants And it was basically a girl's weekend. And then for my friends who could not go to Chicago, we um, made one night of it downtown Cleveland. And we went to Hilarities and the Chocolate Factory. The the one that plays right across from, is that the Chocolate Factory? The chocolate something. Yeah, it's all chocolate martinis and chocolate pastas. That was it. Everything. Yeah. It was so much fun. It was The chocolate bar. Chocolate bar. Thank you. Goodness. And I love that place. I miss that place. And for those not um, familiar, I mean, Hilarity is, is a gorgeous comedy club and has different shows and acts. And it's very, very old school Vegas looking, but without the Vegas. <laughs> it was perfect. We just, we got together. And what was really nice was for my friends who were able to go to Chicago and we indulged a little bit, a little more luxury and a little more whatever. It was super low key. And then for the Cleveland party, it was like, let's just go have chocolate martinis and laugh our butts off. This is going to be hilarious. There was no dancing on the bar and shots (laughs) and all that stuff that I know girls love so much. Remember, I was a little bit older at this time. I don't know. I just felt like everything fell into place. The first time was just a disaster. And the second time was truly me. So I guess the key takeaway from your experiences for couples to know is just authenticity. Be authentic to you. Yes. And that's, it's so easy coming out of your mouth. But when you're in that planning process and you are trying to wrangle all of these thoughts and ideas that you had from growing up as a little girl and what you thought it was supposed to be and what you think 
you know, you've been maybe to enough weddings at this point in your life where you're, you're going, oh, I love that they did that. Oh, I didn't like that so much. Oh, I love they did that. Ugh. And I understand in this, you know, in this IG world, man, you got to have the perfect pictures and it better, there better be all kinds of FOMO and everybody just wants, it's such a competition to make it look this way or that is not how we felt. And that probably makes us sound even older, but whatever. Like we, <laughs> not at all. We just did not, we didn't care about that kind of stuff. I'd rather you have a great meal and sit and talk with people that you, you truly want to sit and talk to and spend that time going, that was amazing. It was like having date night with my husband or wife at their wedding. Or I would love for you to have that as opposed to being like, hmm, how do I entertain you? How do I wow you? How do I make you go, wow, that was the greatest wedding ever. I don't, I, I'm not out to impress you, but you're welcome to be there. We want you to be there. The most but, wow is sometimes just the most simple gesture. Yes, absolutely. Like we didn't have favors. We didn't give away favors. We didn't have a wedding cake. We had um, a table of desserts because we're both sweet freaks but we did not have that traditional cake or, and we didn't have anybody giving speeches. That was another thing. Now my husband did pray. He prayed before everybody sat down and ate. Like we, we stood up together and he said the prayer over the meal before we all ate. But other than that, there was nothing. <laughs> I just, that's what you were like, come on, I'll talk about your wedding. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not sure I'm your girl <laughs> because it's so untraditional. But that's what's great about it. I mean, there's so many different types of weddings out there and perspectives. And I think you bring a fresh perspective because there's going to be a lot of couples out there that don't want flash and they want to keep it simple. And it's good to hear voices like yours saying, hey, it's okay. We had the best time ever and we kept it simple. We both agreed we would have never changed a thing. The only thing I would have changed was I was I had been sobbing during the ceremony. And because, we, and we even said no, no reception line. Like we, <laughs> listen, you guys, if you can think of a, tra- of a wedding tradition, blow it up because we were not going to do it. So we were like, okay, we're not doing a reception line at the church. We just want to get out of there. Something happened. An aunt, a friend, somebody stopped one of us for a hot second after the ceremony, forget it. The reception line started. <laughs> and I, had, I was sobbing because when Bob was saying his vows to Roman, I got choked up. So I literally had black, like black raccoon mascara, like down my face. And so the photographer is trying to capture these moments of this reception line. And you can just see these black streaks <laughs> of makeup going down my face. Uh, clearly, I, I did not have all waterproof stuff on, but... Yeah. And I will say to your brides too. I mean, if I would tell you one thing to not skimp on, it is like professional hair and makeup. You will feel like a million bucks. Like I felt really pretty that day. I felt beautiful. Achieving that look wasn't the cheapest, but you like looked stunning. I, oh, I mean, you are you. stunning naturally. So but if only <laughs> your hair and makeup. I mean, these photos, you guys, flawless. Well, that took professionals and airbrushing, but thanks. That's a fun experience um, as well, though. You know, when you have your hair professionally and your makeup professionally done, you're sitting there, you know, in your robe and you're being pampered. It's your day. It really is. And I'm glad you even said that because 
the one thing I felt like I really tried to do is not allow people to say that, to say that it was my day. I really wanted it to be Bob and my, it was our day. Yeah. But I think that gets lost a lot. I think it does. It turns into, this is the bride's day. And it's like, actually, no, it's not. It's both of their days. So I would definitely say, be aware of your fiance's experience. This is also his moment and his wedding. God willing, there's just one. But, you know, you make sure it's special for him too, that he's loved on and showered on that day, showered over. All right, last thing, Leanne. What is your all-time favorite celebrity or royal wedding? (gasps) Oh, my God. You know, obviously, when I was a little girl, a little girl, I was obsessed with Princess Diana, like obsessed. And like my mom would buy me all the magazines and I would, all the books, all the magazines. I I did not have a Disney princess that I loved. I loved that princess. So when I think back, she is, she's immediately the wedding I think of. And again, look, look, there's another example. She was miserable. She was miserable. Remember, she made comments about how dreadfully heavy the dress was and she wasn't marrying the love of her life. Oh my gosh, people don't get caught in that nonsense. (laughs) When I think back, just that iconic scene of her in that dress and that that, uh, church in London. And then I'll follow it right up with whenever her son, Harry, marries Meghan. Oh my gosh, I was glued. That wedding to me was so romantic and so... It truly was a fairy tale. It was so nice to get swept away watching them. Leanne, how can we get more information on you if couples want to contact you or learn about your radio show? If you are a Clevelander who loves all things Cleveland, including country music, you can listen to 99.5 WGAR. I'm on afternoons from 3 to 7 p.m. You can go to the station's website and contact me there or find me Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm not on TikTok, sorry. But all those other ones at Leanne Summers Radio. Summers was with an O, by the way. S-O-M-M-E-R-S. Thanks, Leanne, so much for being here and sharing your wedding journey. Thanks for letting me talk about it. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And make sure you check us out on Facebook. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. Don't forget to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey.